0: Profit is not cash. Conscious saying, I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in
1: restrictions.
0: What do you actually want out of your business?
1: You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galil Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Designing a functional and attractive salon or spa that represents the brand and vision is for some the most exciting part of opening a business. For others, as we found out in 2019 when we surveyed a thousand salon owners around the world on questions related to the challenges of opening, running, and growing their business, not knowing where to start can turn the whole experience into a stressful one. Of the various questions that we asked, two had the potential to generate design-related responses. The first one was, What were your biggest challenges while setting up your salon? 19% of salon owners identified that being designing and fitting out the salon itself. The second question then was, what admin and financial aspects of running a salon do you find most challenging? And to that, 21% found it challenging to raise capital to expand their business as they would like. The pandemic may have briefly stalled in-person experiences, but with the experience economy phenomenon here to stay, salons are designing ultra unique spaces to transport guests away from their everyday life. What it all comes back to is creating a destination. Because when your salon is a destination, rather than just the place they go for their hair and beauty services, clients think differently. Upgrading your in-salon experience not only deepens your client's connection with your salon, it creates an environment where they feel they have permission to treat themselves. On this week's episode, we invite you to travel to Champaign, Illinois with us to Something You Salon and Spa, whose mission is to love on people through their words and actions, to always leave someone better than how they found them, and to always look for the opportunity to go above and beyond.
0: I kind of feel like it's like, having kids where you just like have this preconceived notion of what it's going to be like and then it ends up not being like that at all. For for me, it's really important that my team feel like they're coming into a safe space that, you know, their work environment is bright and cheery. I think that the new space is just like a really bright and airy, prettier version of where we were like, it was really important to me that people felt like they were at the spa. They felt like they were being taken care of. And in our previous space, we were all so on top of each other. We were doing split shifting and all things possible. So that way we could not just be limited to six stylists. And it got to the point where we were, were so busy. So a lot of my team was booked out six, eight weeks in advance. Um, Existing guests couldn't get in because we were so full with new guests. And so like, it, you know, it sounds like a really great problem, but it wasn't. So we started looking around and, you know, checked out a few spaces and found, you know, found this building that we were in and it just kind of all worked out the way that it should have. It's on like one of the top busiest intersections in Champaign, Illinois, which um, is so cool. And just a really cute little brick and like brick building. Um, And then, yeah, we ended up renovating in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Joining
1: me today is Amanda Baer, the owner of Something New Salon and Spa, PIP University professor and nationally published artist with wedding hair and makeup. Amanda started her career in 2008 and for most of those years trained exclusively with Aveda, In 2012, she became a certified master colorist with the brand, and in 2017, had the opportunity to style hair in New York Fashion Week and New York Bridal Fashion Week. With the continued success of the salon, she stepped out from behind the chair to focus solely on the business and training her team and other owners, a newfound, fulfilling purpose. So without further ado, welcome back to Forest FM, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been a while since we last spoke, so I'm excited. And I really want to first preface the episode by saying, you know, congratulations on the Salon Today Salons of Distinction Award for the 2022 Salons of the Year Design Competition. Um, what does receiving this award recognition mean to you? Do you remember how you felt when you heard the news? Can you describe a bit of that moment to us?
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. It. It's kind of crazy because, I mean, we're in, we're not in a small town, but we are in the middle of central Illinois. So like whenever I tell people where we're from, you know, in in Illinois, they're like, oh, so Chicago. And it's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Our town is literally in the middle of a cornfield. So to be able to kind of submit like our pictures and stuff from last year, from all of our renovations and our new location, to be able to submit pictures in and kind of apply for it was fun to begin with because I, my husband and I also flip houses. Um, so we've, I've gotten to go in and like renovate and pick out fixtures. And like, I just love, I love decorating. I love designing. And so I honestly, when I applied, uh, sent my application in for this, I'm like, there is no way, (laughs) like I've seen some of the salons that, um, that have gotten this award every year. And I'm like, there's absolutely like, this is just fun. We're just going to do it and see what happens and. Then when I opened up Salon Today, um, one morning, I saw our name was on there as like a top 20 finalist. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> um, it was just really cool because I did a lot of like the aesthetic design myself. Um, so it just felt really good because that's that's me, like that's my heart and soul that that I poured into it and my design. Um, I, and so it was just really cool. Like I maybe shed a little bit of tear and ran through the salon. I'm like, guys, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of surreal. Like out of all of the salons in the nation that underwent renovations last year, we were picked as like top 20.
1: It's so well-deserved to have seen photos of your new space. I mean, it's stunning. Thank you. So obviously, the deeper into this conversation we get, the more we'll be talking about design. But before we start talking about your new space, if you had to describe the culture at something new salon and spa, what would you say? And how were the strong elements of that culture displayed in your original space?
0: Yeah, so I guess... Man, culture is such a hard thing to describe because it to me it's kind of like a feeling. But um for for me, it's really important that my team feel like they're coming into a safe space, that you know, their work environment is bright and cheery. Um is and especially in our industry, like mm-hmm. I'm very, very much against like mean girls and like we we just want to have a really, really positive space for people to come into and So our culture is, is very much about like empowering each other, working together as a team, um, just being like that positive, positive, uplifting light for each other. So in the, in the old space, like it was much smaller, um, you know, and my design aesthetic is, is very much like bright and airy and like, I like, but it's still homey. So I feel like that's that kind of translated. Like our old space was definitely like that. And you know how like designs change and stuff over the years. It was just time for a facelift. Right. So we still were able to kind of keep that that vibe from the previous salon, but just give it, give it an update and do something that was a little bit more modernized um, to my tastes. And so, yeah, it was just like, I love it when people walk in, they're just like, this feels like home. You know, it's just like an extension of walking into just Like somebody's home. It's warm and cozy and bright and happy.
1: (laughs) I love that. And people are especially looking for that these days, you know, like there's actually like Forrest ran a a price sensitivity analysis with over, I think it was 1300 salon customers across nine countries. We were trying to find out exactly how much pricing mattered to the client of 2022. But in there, there was a question about, you know, design and and environment. And uh, the question was, if you can wave a magic, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you want to see from your salon? And when it came to the atmosphere, some of the top answers were better lighting, a modern decor a relaxing environment, and more space. Yeah. And it seems like you've (laughs) nailed all four. Yes. (laughs) So this brings me to my next point. Um, This recognition from Salon Today comes off the back of your move uh, from a 1,400-square-foot space to 3,900-square-foot, a pretty big jump. Um, Can you walk me through the decision-making process behind moving your salon to a bigger location? Um, Was it because of growing pains? Was it real estate opportunity-based?
0: Well, so we, the salon to the, like today has been open for six years and about year four. So in our, in our previous space, we had six chairs. um, And over those, over the first like four years, we had kind of tried to figure out ways to maximize our space as much as possible. So in our previous space, we were doing split shifting and all things possible. So that way we could. Have not just be limited to six stylists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at one point in time, we had eight girls um, in in our space working just with sp- split shifting. And it got to the point where we were, s- were so busy. So a lot of my team was booked out six, eight weeks in advance. Um, existing guests couldn't get in because we were so full with new guests and so like it you know it sounds like a really great problem but it <laughs> wasn't um yeah. so we just grew really quickly and in in 2020 when covid happened you know we shut had to shut down for three months just like a lot of other people And when we reopened it was just like We thought that people were going to be afraid to come, you know, come out and get their hair done. And it it was the complete opposite. And we continued to have like growth issues and new clients come in. And so we were just kind of busting at the seams. I didn't have an office. So there wasn't a space for me to be able to work uninterrupted, which is really hard Um, because I still like being in the business.
1: Yeah, because you're completely out from behind the chair. Like you, you yes. run the business, and you're also a Pip University professor.
0: Yes, yeah, I've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, you do. So about <laughs> Not designer your...
1: to those titles too.
0: <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, yeah. So like two and a half years into business, too, that's when I decided I'm going to step out from behind the chair so that I can coach my team and be a good business owner and really help grow and build build the people that were working for me. Um, So yes, an office was like on my top list of one day, you know, when we (laughs) (laughs) we do this. So the end of 2020, Um, my husband, who is a real estate investor was like, Hey, real estate is a lot of commercial. Unfortunately, a lot of commercial real estate market was coming available because businesses were closing. Um, so he's like, I think that we need to start taking advantage of this market Mm. and kind of start looking for some property. We wanted to buy, uh, we didn't want to rent anymore. Um, just because again, we're investors and we wanted to add commercial property to our portfolio and, um, So we started looking around and, you know, checked out a few spaces and found, you know, found this building that we were in and it just kind of all worked out the way that it should have. It's on like one of the top busiest intersections in Champaign, Illinois, which, um, is so cool and just a really cute little brick and like brick building, um, and we got to meet the previous owners who actually ran their business out of it for the last 30 years. So it was kind of cool. They, they kind of passed the torch on to us, you know, to, oh, to nice. take. Yeah. So it, it just all kind of fell into place with how we found the building. And, um, you know, we were able to negotiate a good deal and. Um, And then, yeah, we ended up renovating in the middle of a pandemic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I bet that was a challenge. Like, did you have any issues with getting the materials you needed or wanted? Were contractors just as booked out as they were here in Montreal? Um, How was it to take on renovations during the pandemic?
0: There were, thankfully, two issues that we ran into um, because we started renovating the like January of 2021. So it was just like right before Um, Contractors and stuff started getting really busy. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what is it that these freight ships had, you know, stuff sitting on the middle in the middle of the ocean? (laughs) Um, So we ran into two issues. The first issue was the flooring that I had originally picked out was one of those flooring, like flooring that was sitting in the middle of the ocean on a cargo ship Mm. um (laughs) so so that was fun so I had to go back in and reselect new flooring which is not a big deal then it, it all ended up working out and I actually liked the flooring that the second round that I picked out more so it all ended up working out and then the second issue was doors We, you know, got our doors ordered. They were custom because of the, our ceilings are super high. So we ordered custom doors to be made and the original timeline that they had gave us, it was like coming right up to the wire of when we were going to open. Well, by the time, you know, a few weeks before opening day, they're like, you're not going to get them before you have to open. So we had to contact the city um, and bring you know, bring them in and just ask them, hey, is there any way that we can get an operational permit? You know, bef- like we're, we're set to open this day. Our lease is up in our old space. Like we've got to open our doors. Um, so the city was so great. They worked with us and gave us an operational permit. We just had to go to, you know, Menards and buy like stock doors and do some really ugly fittings on the bathroom and the spa rooms just to make sure that people had privacy um but it it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few weeks after that our doors ended up coming in. So Not too bad all
1: things considered then? <laughs> no. <laughs> um so like in what ways would you say this new space allows you to has allowed you maybe to like build upon your brand and identity?
0: Yeah. Um man, I think that the new space is just like a really bright and airy prettier version of where we were like the my first location we were very much on a budget um not like we were on a budget with this too but we had a month to fit the fit our location out the first time go around and so I basically that feels very short I I don't know what the
1: typical is (laughs) but it feels
0: short (laughs) It was, it was just one of those things that like the, the location, the first location was already built out to be a salon. It had just been vacant for a long time. So, you know, we, we were trying to be as cost-effective as possible. So I didn't get to go in and choose the layout and kind of how things, um, were, were supposed to be set up. And I think that the biggest thing for me is that when people come in to get their hair done, especially after a pandemic, we we cater a lot to like working moms and just working working women in general. And it was really important to me that people came in to a quiet space, that they felt like they were at the spa, they felt like they were being taken care of. And in our previous space, we were all so on top of each other that it just, it was loud. Mm. And so what's really nice about this new space is, We have like a shampoo room that is cut off from the styling floor. So when they go into our shampoo room, it's, you know, meant to be a little bit more of a quiet, relaxing space. We have the lights dimmed. So I think this new space just allowed me to create more of a spa-like environment and and a quiet, um, calm environment.
1: Right. Yeah. So you mentioned the private shampoo room. Um, Yeah. Was there any other specific thing that you wanted in this new location that would make your staff and clientele feel, I I guess, I suppose, even more comfortable? Um, Did you have any non-negotiables?
0: So one of the things is that since the space was so big, I wanted to have the color bar on the uh, salon floor because the the break room is a black hole um, where things go to die. (laughs) So in our previous location, stylists would get distracted coming back to the break room mixing up color because a friend would be talking about something. And, you know, we ran into some timing issues with that. And so I wanted the color bar to be on the floor to make it easier for them. They didn't have to walk back and forth. Um, you know, it's only a few steps away mm-hmm. and it just keeps them on track. So that was one thing that I definitely wanted to make sure that we had in this new space. The shampoo room was another one, um, and then also our spa. In the, our previous location, we only had one room, and it was super loud and noisy. So I wanted to make sure that our spa was well insulated, right. so that way when people went in for their uh, facial services and stuff like that, they weren't hearing conversations on the salon floor. Like it's gent- like a very again calming experience. We wanted it to be um, quiet the wow factor, honestly, for us is the entire guest experience as a whole. Like it's a combination of the environment and our team. Um, you know, I don't think that it's necessarily one thing in particular, you know, if a new guest will walk in, the biggest thing that I wanted somebody to feel was that they were home. And so between just the overall ambiance and environment that is the salon. It's pretty, it's welcome, it's it's warm and inviting. But then we also have a team that's trained to like, as soon as somebody walks in the door, we're were a smile and, you know, a happy, positive attitude that that it's there to greet them.
1: Of course. Yeah. It's a combination. Um, so I'm sure many longtime clients have been able to enjoy their visits in this new location already. Like, did you organize an opening day event or like, have you heard any of their feedback or impressions so far, even through social media, for instance?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, did just like, a opening launch. Um, it wasn't anything super spectacular. Um, you know, we kept everybody up to date on social media throughout the entire renovation process. So we got to bring our guests in on kind of like the journey. Oh, that's nice. Um, Yeah. And it was really cool. So then when they would come in, we still to this day have people like, Oh my gosh, this is so nice. And then we have a lot of things in our salon that have been custom made by local vendors. So I worked with one person in particular, who's a woodworker that built out a lot of our tables, Mm -hmm. um, and our, like our processing table and our waiting area. Um, so we have people constantly like asking, where did you get this? Where did you get this? Like, (laughs) this is so cute. Like the small little details. So we've ended up having to keep a spreadsheet on um like where everything where we got everything in the salon because people would just walk in and be like I love this. Where can I get this?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if anything, it goes to show that you just put a lot of intention and care into what you were picking out and making part of the salon. Absolutely. Uh, which I think is great, you know? Um, I'm sure you're not thinking about expanding into a bigger location just yet. I mean, could you imagine? But say in a few years, would you consider doing it all over again? Um, you know, like finding a new commercial space, fitting it, designing it from scratch to your liking?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I had a ball. It was so much fun. And honestly, like, I don't necessarily want to expand in the current space that we are, but you know, I've talked to my team about future expansion into other cities. Um, you know, not, not everybody wants to live in central Illinois for the rest of their life. And I get that (laughs) I don't either. Um, But what's really cool is that my team is like, hey, I love the way that this is all structured. We put a lot of work into our salon and our systems. Mm -hmm. And they're like, if I were to move, would you be interested in opening a second location in another state, city, so on? And then they would run it. So I would kind of like partner with them on, you know, finding this location and then opening elsewhere. So that's kind of like, you know, a few years down the road. That's definitely the avenue that I would like to go and just kind of help these girls, you know, it's cool to see like our lineage of the salon kind of, you know, go out into the world, but then also to help some of these people realize, like, I can be a business owner. I can run things like, um, you know, just as a hairstylist, I feel like we're told, you know, when we make the decision to go to school, like, are you sure? Like, you can't be successful. You can't do The things that somebody can do with a degree. Mm. Um, So it's really cool to be able to kind of like mentor them into something like that.
1: Yeah, it comes back to the empowerment piece you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, listen, I'd love to hear you on an aspect of renovations that we haven't covered yet, um, but only if you're comfortable with talking about it, of course. Like, I'd love to talk about money for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the main things I'd love to hear you on are, like, did you have an estimated cost plan to go about this project? Um, and then what was your budget? Did you manage to stay within it?
0: Yeah, this, and this is like my, my husband's area. He's a spreadsheet wizard (laughs) with budgeting and all of that. So prior to even going to look at buildings, he had things listed out with how much, you know, how much projected we were going to spend in each area. And, uh, so we had a budget of about $200,000 and that doesn't include the cost of like the purchase of the building. Okay. And, uh, we, we went into it, you know, thinking that it was going to be pretty solid. Well, commercial stuff is so different than residential. And this was our first commercial endeavor. Um, And then throw on top of it, again, a pandemic. So the cost of these contractors uh, went up, Mm -hmm. you know, so there were things like that, that we just weren't accounting for. um, That ended up happening kind of, right after we purchased the building so we went over budget by about fifty thousand dollars which sounds like a lot um but i don't i mean it is what it is and we made it work and
1: (laughs) 100 percent, yeah yeah and and you know what maybe i'm talking through my hat here but i feel like it's probably quite rare to be right within budget on big projects like yours because there's always going to be a curveball somewhere right yep the other money related question i had um is mainly for those who might not have ever taken on renovation work, those listening in for inspiration and advice while they plan the fitting of maybe their very first salon. Um, what was the spend breakdown like? Was it like 50-50 labor materials or was it something kind of like very different to that?
0: Yeah. So again, that's that's more of my, my husband's area of expertise. But where our circumstance was a little bit different in labor. So generally when you hire contractors to come in, There's somebody that's considered a general, like a general contractor, and Mm -hmm. they manage um, all of the other, you know, like HVAC and drywall and painting. So they, the general contractor manages everybody else. So that incurs quite a cost. Um, What's nice about that is that my husband ended up general contracting. So he just kind of was in charge of the big picture. So it helped save us on labor co- labor costs quite a bit mm, mm-hmm. because he was able to step in and kind of manage and obviously he didn't pay himself for that which I don't know if I would recommend that to people but <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> that's what he does for a living so um, that's different right but from a from an actual like labor to cost perspective I I think that yeah I'm not sure um, what the actual like. Percentage breakdown is of like between labor and cost, but I just know that having him do the general contracting definitely saved us quite a bit on labor. Mm. It was mm-hmm. a lot of materials and a lot of like labor from other companies, like the HVAC and all of that.
1: Right, and like you said earlier, you personally did the interior design, so I'd say that helped cost-wise as well. Yeah, um, you did have an architect, though, right?
0: We did yeah just because we had to so with the state of illinois i don't know if it's like this in many other cities but if you change the um like status of what the building is doing okay like what operates inside of it you have to you have to have permits you have to everything has to pass through city code and inspection so because the building that we bought is older Um, there are new codes that come into effect with like wheelchair accessibility and like all of that, that the building was not up to code with that. So it was almost kind of like a no brainer that we had to hire an architect because we had to start from scratch. We completely shelled out the entire building um, and we needed to make sure that all of our dimensions, everything was going to comply with city code because they were in like clockwork, making sure that, um, our bathrooms were big enough, and our hallways are big enough, and we had the proper signage. And so, an architect just kind of took the design element out of our brains put it on paper and then made sure that it was going to comply
1: <laughs> which is you know a very prized skill set
0: <laughs> that's why they get paid the big bucks <laughs> yeah, <exactly.
1: laughs> um, so listen our time together has flown by but before i let you go i'd love to do a quick fire round of tips since you're a pro at uh, renovations now right <laughs> are you up for that yeah Great. So first one, do you have any tips for planning and buying your salon furniture?
0: Oh boy. Um, So what I did is I wanted, first of all, I wanted to to find somebody local that I could support. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, that's where I like, I went through some of the um, research of looking for like local companies that had furniture that I wanted. I I think it all starts with (laughs) Pinterest is like my nemesis and my best friend all at once because I wanted to get an idea of what the overall look was going to be first and then I could send pictures to these contractors or these vendors and be like here I want this can you build it for me um and so once I had like a vision in my mind it was easy to kind of go online too and like find um find those pieces somewhere gotcha
1: and what about the retail area any tips for that
0: Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we would have had a bigger retail space and our retail space is pretty large. Mm. Um, but I always, especially if you are a big retail salon, like we, we heavily focus on home care for our guests. We're very much in the education um with our with our guests of making sure that they're taking home the right home care. So I just I think it's just making sure that you have the proper displays, um, enough room to put everything, and lighting. Make sure that you like really set up your lighting to where it it highlights your retail area.
1: What about advice for designing your reception area or front desk? I I think you do have one
0: right we do yep yep I know the the desk list thing is becoming quite popular and I've thought about it but (laughs) (laughs) it still kind of scares me a little bit um man for I I don't I think for guest and reception area I just wanted to create an area that was warm and inviting Mm. so um that's just I I don't know if I have really any, anything in particular with desk. I had our desk handmade again with, by our one of our local contractors, um, with enough space and store, I feel like storage. So if you're going to create a front desk, have like a little back area behind your front desk that you can put, you know, client bags and stuff like that. Like the more storage that you have up front, um, the better, that's one thing that I wish I would have done a little bit differently. Um, Yeah. And then just having a really like nice and cozy and inviting retail, uh, like sitting area for for people to wait.
1: Okay. And last one, do you have any tips for planning the design of the stylists area? Mm. (laughs) Or therapists, both, I guess.
0: Yeah. So I hate walking into salons or I guess the lawns in general, or seeing pictures that the stylists are right on top of each other. um, Where like, if you're not careful, you're like booty bumping with the person next to you. Um, So I wanted to make sure, and this goes with the treatment rooms as well. I wanted to make sure that everybody had plenty of space to comfortably work, that you couldn't necessarily hear the conversation happening next to you. So that uh, yeah i just wanted to make sure that everything was spaced appropriately and that people didn't feel like they were like claustrophobic on top of each other
1: and i'm sure that's very appreciated by both staff and clients honestly um, if you had to sum it all up in a few sentences this is my last question okay. what would you say is the secret to a successful salon design it's
0: yeah a lot of a lot of patience and just I kind of feel like it's like having kids where you just like have this preconceived notion of what it's going to be like. And then it ends up not being like that at all. So I think it's, yeah, patience and being flexible, knowing that things can change at any moment and just being able to kind of go with the flow and make, you know, choices and changes last minute. Um, and then also I feel like working with somebody like that's my husband and I work very well together because we see things very differently. Um mm-hmm. But at the same time, it also is, is great. So finding somebody that you work well together with contractor wise, like have those really good relationships with people that you trust, um, is another one. Cause it makes every single vendor that we used we had a relationship with locally and it all just went so smoothly.
1: I think it's just lovely that you worked so closely with businesses and people who were also in your area. Like, I think it definitely adds a charm to the final result.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Amanda, I can't thank you enough for your insights today. This was amazing. Um, And I think that as more and more salon and spa owners rethink their space as a destination of, you know, something specific about their culture, conversations like the one we just had today are going to make a world of difference, like even in just easing fear or overwhelm, like, renovations is a big undertaking it's a big project yeah and maybe this episode can serve as like a reminder that when it comes to renovations a design lift or fitting a salon from scratch like you said being patient flexible and accepting of the curveballs is just something you're gonna have to do and you know be okay with for those who'd love to see what we've been talking about this whole time, you can check out the video tour of the salon at somethingyoubeauty.com and follow the team on Instagram at Something Salon. Once again, Amanda, thank you so much for the time you've spent with myself and the Forest FM listeners today. Really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: The judging for the 2022 Salons of the Year took place in multiple phases. First, the Salon Today team reviewed the entries, including essays and images, qualifying each one of them. Next, a panel of editors and art directors from Salon Today, Modern Salon, and Nails carefully evaluated each entry to select the finalists, scoring each of them in six different decor categories, including use of color, lighting, flooring, efficient use of space, consistency of design, and overall aesthetics. Judges' scores were combined to determine the grand prize winner, the barbershop of the year, the nail salon of the year, the runners-up, and the salons of distinction. The full list of winners is now available on salontoday.com. And for more examples of salons pushing the envelope to get you feeling inspired, check out the Forest blog article linked in today's show notes. And on that note, thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to Forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at ForestFM at Forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting edge post production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.